Do you want to introduce it or like... <coughs> oh, sorry, have we started? Yeah. Welcome to Foundations of Emo, hosted by Claire and Danny. Each episode, we take one of our favourite bands and dive deep into their history and origins, reminiscing on our own emo roots along the way. So pro. Are you so impressed? Yeah. I did think you were going to laugh halfway through. I did as well. That's why I had to close my eyes. (laughs) And really feel it, you know. (laughs) It's part of my soul now. Well. Well. Any news? Well. Will we talk about Bring Me the Horizon? Yes. So we went to see them on Tuesday. Verdict. Amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. It was actually way better than I was expecting. Wasn't expecting anything really. I had no expectations because that's what wasn't expecting anything means um because <laughs> <laughs> i hadn't seen them before yeah but they were so good the stage show like you just don't get another like rock band that does a stage show like that i say rock as in our genre of rock because probably like those big bands like kiss and stuff yeah probably do now we don't see them can we talk about the dancers though <laughs> what was that that was a bit weird yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot going on at all times. <laughs> I have a video on my phone and it's just lasers for like two solid minutes of lasers. Yeah, it was so good. And then Bad Omens, also super good. Love them. I have a couple of videos of the songs, but one of them in particular, I was like, his vocals are Unreal. insane. Yeah, yeah. Like on point. Speaking of, have you heard their new single? No, you put it up today and I meant to listen to it and I didn't. He doesn't do vocals on it. What? <laughs> it's what? that singer Poppy. I don't no, know No, I didn't really understand what was happening. I saw that and I was like, I don't get it. See, I kind of thought like maybe she sang the chorus and he would sing the verses or something like that. But literally the entire song is just her singing. The music does sound like Bad Omens, but with a different singer. It's mm-hmm. very strange. What's the point? The song is kind of a bop. It's something, okay, I'm going to totally fuck this up and there's people probably shouting at their phones and being like, no, that's not what it is. It's something to do with she's supposed to be AI taking over. Taking over him? I don't really know. There's Mm -hmm. a whole concept there. It's meant to be pretty cool. Somebody put a thing on Twitter today and was like, can we just talk about how much core strength it takes to do this move though? And he like (laughs) did this like backwards bend. I was like, oh, yes. Yes. They're excellent. Yeah. Really. Really good. Amazing live. Would recommend. And then bring me, and then him singing with bring me. Did he? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, what song was that? Oh yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Danny and I just had a conversation before having like, I think I was a bit more drunk on Tuesday than I thought. I definitely was, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, that was great. You don't remember them on stage together like no, little I do, bros? I do, I do, I do. Cute, I just cute. love it because of that whole thing that we talked about before when Bad Omens were up and coming everybody was comparing them to Bring Me and being like, oh, you're trying to be like Bring Me. And they were like, well, we are influenced by them because we really like them, but we're not trying to be them. And now they're on tour together and they get to sing together. Like, yeah. just imagine you and your idol, like, doing that. So cute. Very, very cute. Me and Taylor Swift. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean to laugh like that. Like, it could never happen. Just follow your dreams. <laughs> Would you like to tell us about the band we're here to talk about today? Today, we're talking about Hey Monday. A random one. Yeah, pretty random. My reasoning behind this is because we don't have enough female episodes, so... Oh, very good. I wanted to do a more female-centric band, and then I listened to a podcast. I think she was on the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast, which Shane told, interviewing her, and I heard a little bit of the story of Cassidy Pope, and I was like, that's actually really interesting. I didn't know about that. So that inspired me to do the episode. And then last week, Sappening put up an episode talking to Cassidy Pope. 
So we are she's everywhere right now. On trend. <laughs> it was totally accidental, but here we go. <laughs> so it all started when good friends, singer Cassidy Pope and guitarist Mike Gentile started a band named Blake while in high school. However, they broke up. So in 2008, they started auditioning people in the local area, which is West Palm Beach, Florida, to help form a new band. They quickly recruited drummer Elliot James, rhythm guitarist Alex Lipshaw, and bassist Michael Jersey Moriarty, and named their band Hey Monday. Don't know why. Don't know where it came from. Don't know where Blake came from either. That's a really weird name yeah. for a band. So Fall Out Boy's Pete Wentz heard their demo in the Crush Management office and wanted to sign them to Decadence, but Columbia Records were also interested, so they ended up signing to both in a joint label deal. Oh. I've never heard of this before. Interesting. And then on one of the podcasts I listened to, Cassidy said they actually only signed her. Ah, a Paramore situation. Yeah, same thing. Huh. So the lads in the band weren't signed. They could have been anyone, but she was Hey Monday. I hate that. Yeah. Just imagine being anyone else in the band. Like, Yeah, like what if somebody offered you a record deal? Yeah, likely. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be surprised? <laughs> I'd be like, she's nothing without me. <laughs> we're we're a team. <laughs> so these are one of these bands that like never really played like the small shows or like they just were signed straight, to, straight yeah. away and then started being thrown onto tours and stuff like that. So throughout 2008, they recorded their debut album, Hold On Tight, at Fresh Kills in New York City, which was produced by SAM and Sluggo. Oh. Might be saying that right. It's like S star A star M. So they're a record producing and songwriting team whose first collaboration was Cobra Starship's Snakes on a Plane. Remember that song? Oh, that was a great song. And then they went on to work with Good Charlotte, Boys Like Girls, Metro Station, Gym Class Heroes and Katy Perry. All that kind of genre. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, yeah. So they produced for all of those and like songwrite as well. So all the songs on the album were also co-written by them as well as Hey Monday. So Cassidy explained that they wanted to write songs that people could enjoy and dance to while still putting their heart into them. She stated, I really was able to do this and the songs really show the diversity I feel I possess. So she's not short on confidence. <laughs> the album was released in October to minor commercial success. It peaked at number 11 on the top Heat Seekers chart and sold 64,000 copies in its first year. It received mostly positive reviews from critics Andrew Leahy of All Music Guide gave the album a favourable review, stating, There's certainly some filler here, particularly towards the album's conclusion, but Hold On Tight is still stacked with enough TGIF nuggets to make it an endearing, engaging debut. Hmm. What do you think of the album? Exactly that. Like, it's grand, like, it's a little bop. You did know? you listen to it, like, back in the day, or have you just no. listened to it now? Just listened to it now. Did, yeah. you, did you know Hey Monday at all? Nope. Yeah, no, but I was in the same boat. Like, I had never listened to them before, but their name comes up all the time. Yeah. And I was like, I really should have listened to them back in the day. I just don't think, did they make it over here? Like, as in... See, I think they were in that kind of group with, like, all the Decadence people and mm. Fall Out Boy and everyone on Feel by Ram and, like, that little circle. Yeah. So their name came up all the time, but no, just I just never, never listened, listened to, them. to them. And I don't know why. And I'd say I would have liked them back then. Yeah, it's it's that scenario again where it's I don't know if I don't like them because I'm only listening to them for the first time. Yeah. Like if I had listened to them years ago, would I have liked them? Because now I'm a bit like, nah. Like they're box like, but I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm gonna put on that song by. Yeah, none of the songs really stood out to me that much. Like I don't think. No. Yeah. I don't think I'd go and listen to them again, honestly. It was just like a grand album of all grand songs that I couldn't really differentiate between. Yeah. Yeah. So for October and November, they supported the Academy Is on their US headline tour. 
In December, they supported All Time Low on their Christmas Hannah Kwanzaa tour of the US. Cancelled. <laughs> in January 2009, Cassidy appeared in the Fall Out Boy music video for America's Sweethearts. And she also provided guest vocals for the Cabs remix version of their song Take My Hand that appeared on Fall Out Boy's mixtape Welcome to the New Administration. This is all brand new information to me. Yeah. <laughs> and appeared in the music video for it the following summer. So basically, like she was just in that crowd doing, yeah. doing all the stuff. Again, where's the rest of the band? I don't know. It's just her. So April 2009, they released a music video for How You Love Me Now and then supported Fall Out Boy on the Believers Never Die Part 2 tour in the US. And when their popularity grew, they went on their own headline tour around the US and a few dates in Europe with support from This Providence, The Friday Night Boys, Stereo Skyline and The Bigger Lights. I feel like This Providence come up all the time. I've never heard them. As support for like different bands. Oh God, love them. On this podcast. Oh, it's the bridesmaid, <laughs> never the bride. Exactly. In late 2009, they went on tour supporting All Time Low again on the Glamour Kills tour. Following their UK headline tour, drummer Elliot James left the band. He went on tour with another band called The Scene Aesthetic and re- reformed his old band, Easton. At the beginning of 2012, Easton evolved into a new band called Break Blossom, who released a six-track EP, but split up six months later. Oh God. Elliot later launched a solo project where he released two EPs under the alias Ballet with with two A's. I don't know how you actually pronounce it, but I want to say it's like a sheep doing ballet. (laughs) Ballet. (laughs) Since 2016, he's been releasing music under his own name, including an album named Always Lately in 2019. I've never heard of him yeah, or no. any of these bands. This guy is like... Bless Elliot James. Yeah, he left and he tried to do something and it just never really happened for him, I don't think. So in 2010, Cassidy started dating Ryan Dawson from All Time Low. Mm. It seems like they were on tour together a yeah, lot, so yeah. they probably knew each other quite well. Yeah. For most of 2010, Hey Monday worked on writing and recording Beneath It All, which was supposed to be their second full-length album, but turned out to only be an EP. After this, they went on the alternative press tour with the Somerset, Every Avenue, The Cab and Never Shout Never. They also played Bamboozle Fest and all of the 2010 Warp Tour. In September 2010, they performed two songs from their forthcoming release on Jimmy Kimmel Live. They always do it. Standard. (laughs) Everyone take a drink. Yeah. Cassidy and Mike were the only two official members to perform. However, the stand-in musicians wore pictures of the missing members on their t-shirts. That's creepy. Isn't that so weird? Why? I don't know. I didn't see a reason why the other guys couldn't be there. So to wear pictures of them on the t-shirts is like strange. I just had this image come into my head of us wearing t-shirts over other t You're going to get us cancelled. <laughs> hey, one day also appeared in an episode of the TV series Hellcats. I don't know what that is. Wait, is that a cheerleading thing? I think so. Oh, What? I don't know. Random. I feel like these American TV series, like especially the teen ones, always had like these random guest stars of bands and stuff. Yeah. And probably at that stage they'd say yes to anything. Like, Do you remember when the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus were on an episode of The Hills? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, didn't they all like hang out together or something? Yeah, they, I think they went for drinks after. So weird. <laughs> so after Warp Tour, the band announced the departure of Michael Jersey Moriarty. So Mike Gentile's brother Chris joined the band as bassist in his place. After this, Jersey was working on a solo project and released an EP called Oh Boy, Here We Go. (laughs) But seemingly it went nowhere because we never heard of him again. (laughs) Is that how you had to say it? (laughs) Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) There is a song on the Hold On Tight album named Candles. And while working on their second studio album, they re-recorded it. Uh And in February 2011, they released it as the Candles EP 
alongside an acoustic demo of the song and a previously unreleased song called The One That Got Away. I don't really see the point no, of this. No, what's the point of that? They release one album, then re-release a song off their one album as an EP. Maybe as like a filler. Yeah, that's haven't... what it sounds like because they yeah. never really got the second album going. So it was recorded in Abbey Road Studios in London and was oh. also produced by Sam and Sluggo. <laughs> the second studio album ended up being scrapped and, spoiler alert, the Candles EP would be their last release. It's probably why we didn't really hear of them. Yeah, they really only had one album. Yeah. But I think, like, I think they had hardcore fans. To me, I'm putting them in the same bracket, which could be wrong, as cute as what we aim for, and that they were like, yeah, they had some good songs, but then that was that. Yeah. End of story. Bye bye. So the song Candles went on to be performed as a duet on Glee. Why are they obsessed with these candles? I don't know. <laughs> in spring 2011, they went on tour with All Time Low. What? Yellow Card. <laughs> and the Summer Set on the Dirty Work Tour. So Cassidy is still seeing Ryan at this time. And in May 2011, they played in Indonesia. And in August, they went on a South American tour with Never Shout Never. In autumn 2011, they left Decadance and Colombia. And in December, they self-released the Christmas EP digitally. And it peaked on the top 10 iTunes album chart. What was that about? I didn't listen to it. Did you listen to it? No. (laughs) I was like, we're past that. Like, we have had a lot of conversations about bands releasing Christmas songs. Yeah. But I don't know if we need to do a whole EP. No, maybe we should have listened to it. I don't even know how many songs are on it. Like, on December 16th. 2011, Hey Monday announced that they were going on hiatus. Brothers Mike and Christian Cheel went on to form a band called Rescue Kid. Again, who? <laughs> but I did later find out that the reason that they went on hiatus was like Cassidy wanted to go and do solo stuff. Oh. Mm, do you feel like she, mm, these kind of bands, though, she's basically a solo artist anyway. Well, yeah, she was the only one who was yeah, signed. Yeah. She was, like, appearing in Fall Out Boy videos and stuff without the rest of the guys. She practically was a solo artist. She said it was a lot. She said she was very young when they started out. And they never, like, toured and played the small venues. As I said, they just got instantly signed. They were on tour. It was really, really intense. And they never, even though they knew, well, she knew Mike from school. But the other guys kind of, like, joined the band. They didn't really know them. Mm -hmm. So they never had time to kind of, like... Yeah, be a band or like learn about each other and like whatever because yeah. it was just so intense and so I think she kind of wanted to step away from that a bit so in January and February 2012 Cassidy embarked on a solo acoustic tour of the US and that May she self-released her debut self-titled EP which featured four songs she wrote herself that summer she auditioned for season three of The Voice and all four coaches turned for her to offer her a place on their team how random so apparently she had been approached to be on season two of The Voice oh. And had, had no interest in doing it. She thought that that was kind of like the easy way out. Like, you know, get yeah, a contract yeah. that way. And she wanted to work for it. And then like a year later, whenever they were doing the next season, she like had been trying to make it herself and yeah. realized it wasn't really happening. And you kind of needed to know people in the industry and it's like harder than you'd think. So she was like, fuck it, I'll just go on it. It's so weird. I wonder where they're like showing her background. and. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was 2011. Like all I think of is like the fashions. <laughs> So yeah, all four coaches turned for her and she chose country singer Blake Shelton. In one episode, she performed a song named Over You, which was co-written by Blake and it shot to number one on the iTunes chart, knocking off Size Gangnam Style. What? Yeah, that's Wow, <laughs> that is the claim to fame. <laughs> I mean, people should be thankful to her when you for say, taking yeah, that song down a bag. <laughs> that's funny, that puts everything into context about like what year that was and everything. And I, I think as well, 
those singing competi- competitions were massive for mm. years over yeah. here but like I think even bigger in the US yeah. like I think everybody watched The Voice and watched American Idol and stuff like that yeah because they're still like The Voice is still going yeah so it must be popular I forget about it but yeah <laughs> apparently it's still a thing your man's still on it Blake Shelton <laughs> yeah that's how we met Gwen Stefani yes so in December she won the whole competition she won The Voice what this is what I heard in the podcast and was like this story is insane I need to do an episode on this okay I just never would have said that yeah not that I know all the singers who have won The Voice so I don't know why I'm so shocked by it but weird yeah <laughs> So a compilation album called The Voice, the complete season three collection, reached number one on the Heat Seekers chart and her self-titled EP re-entered the charts at number 42. Again, I think it's kind of weird because, as I said, like these singing competitions were so huge and especially in America that I, I always assumed that like whoever won it is number one. Like, do you remember when Kelly Clarkson won yeah. it? She was, like, everywhere. Yeah. Like, was she American Idol? I don't even know. But even... American Idol, yeah. Remember, like, <laughs> Gareth Gates and Will Young, and, like, they took over the charts because they yeah, were... Yeah, whatever like, song they released was going to be number one. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I found it kind of weird that her, her EP only just went to 42, but then, like, some compilation album went yeah. to number one. But, but that was the EP of, she released before. Yeah. Yeah. But still, if people were, like, diehard fans, you'd imagine. Well, obviously, that's why it got uh, up the charts, but... They're obviously not diehard fans. <laughs> In January 2013, she signed to country music label Republic Nashville, and in May, the lead single of her new solo album, Wasting All These Tears, was released. It debuted at number 37 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 7 on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart, selling 125,000 copies in its first week. Hmm. I I had to get country here for some reason. (laughs) I'm just leaning into it. Why aren't you wearing a cowboy hat? (laughs) This is our country episode, everybody. Welcome to the special. If you had to name a country music label, I think Republic Nashville is exactly what I'd call it. (laughs) So apparently she has a history with country music. She said she grew up listening to lots of different types of music and she like listened to Shania Twain and she also listened to like pop punk and Mm -hmm. stuff. So she has both sides. It's not like because she chose Blake Shelton, like she had to go 100% country. She said it felt natural to her because she grew up singing those songs as well. What song did she audition with? I know you don't know the answer, but it would be interesting to know. It's it's on Wikipedia, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't write it down. Like, be interesting, did she pick a kind of country song? And apparently she didn't choose Blake because he's country and she wants to be country. She just thought he was, like, the best mentor out of the four. Hmm. I don't know who the other choices were either. Imagine I did research. <laughs> Wouldn't be me. <laughs> Her debut solo album, Frame by Frame, was released in October 2013. Also found it weird that this is like two years after she wins the competition, her album comes out. Did I feel like they should have been on it. Yeah. Like the week she... Usually re- they are quite on these things. Yeah, yeah. this is what I found. I feel like she was let down, honestly. <laughs> so it was produced by Dan Huff, who was produced for such artists as Faith Hill and Megadeth. Which I just thought was a really weird combination. Obviously not together, but just like very different styles of music. Megadeth featuring Faith Hill. <laughs> and Nathan Chapman, who was produced for Kylie Minogue and Shania Twain. So together, the producers worked on three songs for Taylor Swift's album, Red. I cannot believe you have mentioned Taylor Swift in an episode. (laughs) Have I even mentioned Taylor Swift in an episode? I'm such a good friend. (laughs) (laughs) So the day before the album's release, Cassidy performed a set of songs from the album in Bryant Park, New York. The album received mixed to positive reviews, with the critiques pointing to its lack of originality and pop production style. It debuted at number 9 on the Billboard 200 and sold 43,000 copies in its first week. It also debuted at the top of the Top Country Albums charts. 
Cassidy spent most of 2014 touring with country artists Tim McGraw and Dirk Spentley and also featured, wait for this, also featured on the Nashville Outlaws, a tribute to Motley Crue album where she covered The Animal in Me. What? Why is there country country covers of Motley Crue album? Why does it exist? (laughs) Did you listen to it? No, but I I should. (laughs) That sounds awful. Yeah so random i found this episode really strange to write because i like don't know the producers we're talking about yeah the artists they produce for are like totally off our radar not not off our like we know who shania twain and kylie minogue are but like we don't usually talk about them on the podcast they're we're talking about the top country albums chart she goes on tour with tim mcgraw and dirk spentley like it's just like <laughs> all like these dirk names bentley? i feel like the episodes were always like saying the same names yeah, over yeah. and over and i'm just like who are all these people <laughs> Why do we have a country Molly Crew album? There are so many questions. (laughs) What did you think of the album? It was just very country. When I was listening to it, I was like, why did Danny make (laughs) That's completely fair. (laughs) Like, I didn't hate it. Like, I don't hate country music. But because I'm not... You know, when people are like, all that music sounds the same, all that shouty music sounds the same. It's kind of how I feel with this kind of music. I'm like, kind of all just sounds the same. I had heard the single Wasting All These Tears before I'd listened to it. And I thought that song was actually kind of a bop. So I was like, oh, maybe it won't be so bad. But I did find it very samey. That's when you played for me last week Mm. or whatever. And to be fair, I did repeat that like once or twice because I was like, oh, yeah, this one's not bad. I think it's more pop. Like there is a lot of pop influence on it as well. It's not like pure country. Again, it's not a bad album. It's just not something I'd... I feel like it was like just lacking something. Like it was so like generic kind of black cluster yeah yeah Mm. it was Mm. i don't know there just wasn't i wanted it to like boom yeah a bit have a bit of something but it was very like meh that's my my really good um english language that i have i wanted it to be more boom but it was a bit more meh you know have a bit of something (laughs) fill in the blanks wow So at the end of 2015, she recorded a duet with Chris Young, who was the winner of the TV singing competition Nashville Star. Ah, yes. Never heard of that, but it doesn't sound like my cup of tea anyway. The song was called Think of You and appeared on his album, I'm Coming Over, (laughs) which sounds vaguely threatening. (laughs) I love how it's not coming, it's coming. Oh, coming. I'm coming. Over. It became the first song of Cassidy's to peak at number one on the US country airplay chart in May 2016. And in March of the following year, she travelled to London to perform at the C2C Country to Country Festival, including an appearance (laughs) on the main stage with Chris Young. Why do you keep turning so country? Because I like it I think this is my new calling. I'm going to start a country podcast. Like, I'm going to come over. Foundations of country. (laughs) And slowly, like, one day you'll be wearing cowboy boots. (laughs) Then you'll be wearing a cowboy hat. They brought out new docks that like kind of have patterns on them that resemble cowboy boots. And I feel like that's my gateway. No, they're actually hideous. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> they're hideous. So in June 2016, she released her second EP, Summer. And on the same day, she released a single of the same name. She capitalized on the su- success of her song with Chris by using the same producer, Corey Crowder, for her EP. She wrote three of the four songs on her EP, including the lead single. She stated that the theme of the record was self-confidence and each of the songs tells a story and touches on different experiences that she had. Groundbreaking stuff, honestly. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it's so original. Yeah. Mm. Where'd you get the idea? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe 
every other artist that there is. The EP peaked at number 164 on the Billboard 200 and number 14 on the Top Country Album Charts. Mm. I didn't listen to this. I didn't either. I'm, I think I'm, I'm not upset, but like, <laughs> upset is such a strong word. She doesn't write any of her own music. Well, like she does with the help of like lots of different mm. songwriters. And I know not every band in the world writes all their own music, but it takes away some of like the soul out of it or yeah. something. And especially because she's come now from a manufactured TV show, it's all a bit like, oh. Yeah, it's like she wrote the song with the help of five other people. And yeah. you're like, well, how much did she write, honestly? <laughs> she was like, I want this one to be about my experience where I liked a boy. And everyone's like, ah, oh, yes. And then she's like, I can't believe I co-wrote that song. <laughs> no, I'm being really mean. But like, I don't know. It just like kind of irked me that she doesn't even write her own songs. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it was the same with, with Hey Monday, sure, because those lads yep. were co-writing. So she's never really like written, written music. Written stuff, yeah. In July 2016, Cassidy sang the US National Anthem before a NASCAR race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway before doing it again in October of the same year before the Houston, Texas versus Colts football game. It's such a thing, isn't it, in America? Such a thing, yeah. Getting to sing the National yeah, Anthem yeah. at some event. Oh, is that the American Anthem? <laughs> oh, poor Ryan is going to be listening to this being like, stop butchering my anthem. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, who's Ryan? Who is Ryan? <laughs> Sorry, there's a Ryan in this. You have a Ryan. There's American Ryan. I cannot keep up with all the Ryans. There's Ryanair. <laughs> so she and Chris Young were then nominated for a Grammy for Best Country Duo slash Group Performance. They were only nominated. They didn't win. What a random category. <laughs> yeah. Why does it exist? Best country duo. I think, Flash. I don't know. I feel like country music, they do a lot of duets. Yep, definitely. I'm kind of including these things because this is kind of how big she gets. Like when she's with someone else, she kind of gets a little bit higher up the charts and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. But she's never really done very well by herself. Which again is wild to me because she won The Voice. Yeah. I feel like her chart performance should have always been better. Yeah, because actually I only really know of her because she did that song with Taylor Acorn. Spoiler alert for later in the episode. Sorry. (laughs) So in February 2017, Cassidy and Ryan Dawson got engaged after seven years together. So on the Grammys red carpet, she gushed. I had no idea. It was a Tuesday morning and I was still in my PJs. He was sweeping in the living room and our puppy, a little French bulldog, the love of our lives, was biting the room. I don't know what biting the room means. I've read that like 18 times and I still don't know what biting the room means. (laughs) So I took Cuppy and I put him in the bedroom and Ryan was like, okay, you can let him out. I opened the door and he was on one knee. It was perfect in our home that we love with our little son. I don't get that. Was that a planned... I don't know. They're like cleaning the house and she turns around and he's proposing. I'd be like, dude, make an effort. Yeah, that's a bit weird. The dog is biting the room. I thought you were going to say the dog had like a ring in its mouth. Yeah, I really thought the story was going to go somewhere better, but yeah. Oh. Do you know Ryan from uh, All Time Low at all? No. He's got a lot of teeth. (laughs) Makes a difference. In contrast to people that you know, he has a lot of teeth. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> no, but he really like I because I don't I don't know all time low at all. Yeah. But like when I saw pictures of them, he's like, what? What does he play? He's a drummer. I, I kind of knew that from my yeah. Is he still the drummer? Yeah, I think so. Is he a pervert? 
Uh, I don't think so. Oh. I think he's the only one who's not a pervert, actually, oh. in all time long. <laughs> I think he's the only kind of, like, normal one. But he also doesn't really look like he should be in the band. He's not very, like, alternative looking yeah. compared to the rest of the guys. I know nothing about All Time Low. So. <laughs> this is like my little bit of research for this and I saw pictures of All Time Low and I was like, yeah, that's what they look like. So they said that they weren't in a rush to get married and hadn't yet picked out a date. Cassidy said, Ryan is going on tour in March. We want to take our time with planning and enjoy being engaged. So in May 2017, she left BMLG Records and in July, after seven years together and just five months after getting engaged, Cassidy and Ryan announced that they'd broken up. Ah, jeez. Yeah, that to me seems like the engagement was like a, maybe this will fix it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like they're cleaning the house and he's like, Eureka. I know what's going to fix it. (laughs) Because the proposal didn't seem very planned. So (laughs) who knows? So by December 2017, she was dating Sam Palladio. Palladio? Palladio. An English actor slash musician, best known for his role in Nashville. What is Nashville? Oh, is that some TV program thingy? TV series about country singers. I think Michelle liked that. Michelle loves country music. Shout out to Michelle. Maybe she'll watch this episode. <laughs> watch it? Listen. But yeah, so she broke off her engagement after seven years in May and was already dating someone else by December. She's like, mm. she got back on that horse, as they say. <laughs> With her cowboy hat. Oh. In March 2018, she self-released her first single in almost two years called Take You Home and followed up in August with a second single titled One More Red Light. In January 2019, she announced that she'd be joining the US leg of country singer Marin Morris's Girl the World tour as a support act. And again, I still find it weird that she's like supporting people. That'd be like Kelly Clarkson supporting someone or Leona Lewis supporting someone. Yeah, it's weird. Mm. In February, she released her second full-length studio album, Stages. The album was produced again by Corey Crowder and Cassidy wrote seven out of the 11 tracks. I think with help, I don't think she <laughs> Regarding the album, Cassidy said, I really don't know how I would have moved on with my life without this album. In the past, I made records I thought everyone could relate to. This time, I didn't think about that at all. I wanted to tell a story of my truths and perspective on how I approached life in hopes that messages reach someone who may need help in their own stumble. So I suppose she just left her record label and broke off the engagement. Yeah. It was when she's writing this. So that's kind of what was going into it. The album featured guest vocals from Shay Mooney, Ray Lynn, Lauren Alina, and Lindsay L. Mm. Great country <laughs> professional musicians. I don't know who they are. I actually kind of want to just include them because their names sounded very country. They do. Ray Lynn. It peaked at 81 on the US top album sales charts and 39 on the US top country album charts. In April 2019, she headlined the CMT Next Women of Country tour with Claire Dunn and Hannah Ellis. Why is she on a tour called the Next Women of Country when she's been around for like eight years? Doesn't that sound like, you know, the next big thing's coming? Was this the... I don't know, it would have been after. I was going to say, was this the era of like Taylor Swift being the best thing in country music? But it's well after that. It's 2019. Like, it's not that long ago. And in November of 2019, after an eight-year hiatus... Cassidy reunited with Mike Gentile and Alex Lipshaw and played an entire set as part of the Hey, It's Monday Nashville Pop Punk Show. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> that's like them trying to... Mm. Yeah. Just a once-off kind of thing. Cute. In August 2020, Cassidy released her third EP, Rise and Shine, through Awake Music. Have you ever heard that song? I think it's like a religious song it is a religious song it's like rise and shine and give god his glory glory <laughs> <laughs> and it's like 
the animals that came in, they came in by twosies, twosies, and then it goes, elephants and kangaroosies. No, I'm not familiar with this song, and I hope to never be. Sorry, anyone. <laughs> so she wrote all eight tracks and co-produced the EP alongside Todd Lombardo. It included a cover of the song Hangover, which is a Hey Monday track from their first EP, Beneath It All. Can you do that? Well, oh, she well, is Hey Monday. Was, oh, yeah. So I suppose she can. Oh. The entire EP is acoustic. I actually did listen to this this morning, even though I don't usually listen to EPs. It's fine. so many. Do you know what? I think I liked the acoustic EP better than like some of the albums. Yeah, I could see that. It felt like her voice lends itself to country music. Country, yeah. And with the acoustic guitar, it actually sounded more country. And it was less like trying to be pop country. Mm-hmm. I thought it worked better. And there's a song called California Dreamin' on it, which features Cassidy's boyfriend, Sam Palladio. It's a terrible song. Spoiler alert. Really bad. I think like couples doing... Yeah. Songs but like the actual song, like the lyrics and all. I don't know if it's one of the ones she wrote, but like it's, oh. it's, it's not good. So in October 2021, she released her third album, Thrive. I feel like she needs to stop putting out all these EPs in between. Yeah. Like just save yourself and do a good album. Wait, so you don't have to EPs. release something every year. Yeah. This album featured two singles, What the Stars See featuring Karen Fairchild, who's from apparently a really big US country band called Little Big Town, and Lindsay L., and then the other single is called Say It First. So Cassidy appeared on the Kelly Clarkson show and said of the album, I'm so proud of it. During the pandemic, I did a lot of reflecting, like everybody, I'm sure. I'm just kind of incorporating my punk pop roots into my music now. I've always been singing country music as a kid, but pop punk has always been a part of my journey as well. So I just kind of found this sweet spot of incorporating all of that and finding that blend. I hope that people get that from the album. Yeah, I was waiting for her to kind of transition a bit more pop punky. I think I was expecting more from this album because of that. Mm. But it really just felt like all of her other stuff, but with more guitars. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't giving me pop punk. It's just Oh that no, it's definitely not pop punk. It's just that you can hear some more guitars yeah, on yeah. it than the others. So the album was produced by Karen Fairchild and Nicholas Wheeler of the All-American Rejects. Nicholas Wheeler? Like Nicholas Wheeler, whose sister went and murdered everyone? Yes, the murderer. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to our All-American Rejects episode mm-hmm. for murder. What was her name again? Murderer. <laughs> oh, like Karen or something? No. I don't know. Definitely wasn't Karen. In November 2022, Hey Monday performed on the Emo's Not Dead cruise. What is an Emo's Not Dead cruise? Excuse me? Oh, what is that? The Emo's Not Dead cruise. What's the- <laughs> Literally the cruise that's put on by Matt Cushel from like Emo's Not Dead account, who does all the videos. What? Where he's driving in his car with his girlfriend and then... She puts on a song or like something and then he, she turns around and he's suddenly emo. Oh! Yes. He does a cruise? Yeah, it's only, I think it's only been going since 2022. It's only new. Oh. It's kind of like when we were young. It's like all the bands from your youth oh. playing on a boat. I want to go. Which apparently, <laughs> I heard her talking about it on uh, one of the podcasts and she said that it's really hard to play on a boat because you're rocking all over the place and one of the time there was loads of big waves and she was just trying to stand up while singing. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, hmm. I don't think I'd enjoy the, the no. seasick element of the of the whole thing. <laughs> Wouldn't be for me. Apparently, like, because you're on a boat, you're just walking around and then you're like, oh, hey, there's, like, oh, yeah. the drummer from oh, yeah. thing. And you just, like, That's see everybody cool. wandering around. And then Matt Cushel's obviously there. That's cool. And I think he performs as well. <laughs> He's a legend. So in December 2022, Cassidy announced that she was stepping away from country music and going back to her pop punk roots. She collaborated with Levi Hummon, 
which I found this really weird. He is a US country singer. Like, why does she say, I'm going back to pop punk. Anyway, here's me and this country guy on a song called RSVP saying, it's a great bridge for what I did before and where I'm headed with my next solo project. I listened to it earlier on and uh, it's pretty country to oh, me. I skipped it. I, so I went into like her singles and I was like, oh, what's this one? And like the album cover just gave me the ick. Or sorry, the single cover just gave me the ick. Like it's really and slow and it's like, I was like, nope. no, I don't get it at all. But she describes her return to pop punk as coming back home. Did she need to announce it? I don't know. Yeah. But I think that's why she's on all the podcasts at the minute is being like, I'm back, baby. She's back, baby. She was talking a lot like, and I, I do think this is an interesting element of it about how different the country world is and the pop punk world is mm. and how like country in America is very conservative. Mm-hmm. And like you do have to kind of dress a certain way and, you know, behave a certain way and be a little bit more like of a lady. Like when you think about like those southern countries in America or countries, so the southern states in America. Whereas pop punk is obviously you're like way more free to yeah, do whatever the fuck yeah. you want. And I have an interesting story coming later about that. Oh. <laughs> so in April 2023, she released a new single called People That I Love Leave. Did you listen to that? Yeah. It's yeah. Like kind of a bop. Yeah, I liked it. It was a bop. It's a bit like, like it's very soft pop punk. It's way like, more it's, like it's pop like rock. like Juvenile or something. Yeah. It reminds me of Avril Lavigne or like, yeah. it's kind yeah. of more like fun. Avril Lavigne who was doing like an anniversary tour. They're all at it. Everyone's at it. <laughs> In June, she sang the US National Anthem at the 2023 Stanley Cup Finals. And then in July, she released another single called Almost There, inspired by her boyfriend, Sam Palladio. <laughs> like, this woman needs to get a life outside of these men. In August 2023, she released the single Coma with Taylor Acorn, a US pop-punk singer. Bop, that song. I'm like, at least she's fucking collaborating with somebody in the pop-punk world if you're going to go there. It's a bop. So in October 2023, she released a re-recording of Wasting All These Tears, changing the style from country to pop-punk to mark its 10-year anniversary. I did prefer this version. Did you? I don't think I do. I did. I don't think I prefer it. I think I know the other one too well that when I listened to this, I was like, it just sounded wrong to me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That kind of way. It's also, like, it's not that pop-punk. Let's, let's be real. Again, more guitars. A few more guitars in it. In November 2023, Casti announced that Hey Monday, featuring their original lineup, would be playing their entire Hold On Tight album in full at When We Were Young Festival in October 2024. Oh, so they are coming back. Yeah. They weren't on the original lineup. They came later on. Hmm. So when the lineup of 50 plus bands were announced, most playing full albums start to finish, there was considerable backlash over the lack of females, with only five of the 50 bands having a female member. Member? Not even like singer, just member. member. <sighs> Lads, what are you at? I say that and every single band we've done has all been males. I know. Because they're all perfect. It was a struggle <laughs> to find. That's how we ended up doing a Cassidy Pope country episode. <laughs> so I was trying to find female yeah. bands to do. So Cassidy commented on this and said, I gasped when I saw their zero effort. Pretty disappointing. So women on the tour were Pretty Girls Make Graves, The Forecast, The Distillers, Cobra Starship, and then 303, who have female member Jess Bowen, but she's only a touring member. She's not even in the band. But like, could we name bands that have girls in them? Well, well, here we go. Here's your feminist education. Got it. (laughs) So one Twitter user said, do you not realize that the whole point of when we were young fest is the nostalgia of old emo bands and all the emo bands that were popular at the time were male fronted? That's just like an Which, unnecessary... Like, to be fair, kind of my thought process. Like, I kind of was like, 
kind of, but I feel like I can't like, think of many you're, female. You're just saying what we're all thinking. So I was kind of like, even though this fella's coming across like a dick, I was like, maybe he kind of has a point. But then Scene Queen got involved in the Twitter conversation. Oh. She had tweeted about the lack of women originally. Yeah. And then this guy like replied to her mm-hmm. and she said, okay, hey Monday, we are the in crowd, millionaires, automatic love letter, tonight alive, against the current, etc. Half the bands are playing albums for t- from 2013. I promise there was Warped Tour Girls then and they were at their peak then too. She also mentioned New Year's Day, Lights, Echo Smith, Stand Atlantic, The Pretty Reckless, In This Moment, Flyleaf, and Evanescence. Mm-hmm. Someone else added Paris, Tonight Alive, Paramore, Avril Lavigne, The Veronicas, Tattoo, which were a bit of a weird ones going there, Fifi Dobson, and Demi Lovato. Yeah, now I'm gonna say I haven't heard of all those bands. Yeah, no, me neither. But I've definitely heard of more than half of them. Yeah, I've heard of a lot of them. And I was like, okay, I've been educated myself. Yes. <laughs> So it was shortly after that that Hey Monday were asked to be on the tour and more acts, including Tonight Alive, We Are The In Crowd and Millionaires were added to the bill. Um, do you feel like... I was, um, it's just such an afterthought. Yeah, because of the backlash. Yeah. They were like, meh, I'll yeah, okay, we'll throw a few there. Okay. Fun fact, you know, Millionaires? Yeah. No. Who? They were so big on MySpace in like 2007. <gasps> They all had like massive bows in their hair. They were like the scenest looking girls you've ever seen. No. Music, pretty terrible, but like they were so cool. Oh, like hang on, I this is kind of ringing a bell, yeah. them. And now they have a new member uh-huh. well, for like last year or two. And it's Andy Hurley from Fallout Boys, girlfriend. Oh, that's how I know who they are. Because you <laughs> said this to me. I was like, this is ringing bells. Yeah. So random. <laughs> and at first I thought she, because she hosts loads of emo nights. And I thought she was just kind of like, they were at emo night and she was like, yay, like I'm kind of like DJing and they're playing yeah. or whatever. And like, no, she's like a full blown member of the band oh, now. Oh, that's cute. So yeah. Merit- Meredith, Meredith metal, I think is her like handle. I don't know what her full name is. So on to our controversy section. Dun, dun, dun. They're all perverts. No, they're not. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, that's just a standard first line of each section. <laughs> so... This is a bit, I had to go on a bit of a deep dive for this mm-hmm. and it was on all the weird sides of Reddit and I was like everywhere because I got this in my head and I was like, I want to get to the bottom of this. If a murder is ever committed and somebody has to come look at Danny's history <laughs> on your computer, they're probably going to be like, what the fuck? Why are you on the weird side of Reddit and also People magazine? <laughs> this is all for research, not like my spare time. So yeah, weeks after the breakup, of the engagement mm. in July 2017, Ryan Dawson was all over social media with his new girlfriend, Dallas Stevens, who was a fitness model six years his junior. Four years younger than Cassidy. The age difference is not a big thing, but it kept coming up in things I was reading, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's like no. such an age gap that we need Unless, to talk about like, it. But she was 12 and he was 18. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're, Cassidy's the same age as us. Mm. So it would have been like in their 20s, like late 20s. Dallas was posting on Instagram that Ryan flew her out to him on tour and bought her roses and pictures of her sitting on his lap. This is like weeks after a seven year relationship and engagement. His new girlfriend is like all over. Yeah. Which is just bad form. Bad form. Yeah, yeah. So she and Ryan were commenting on all of each other's posts, including ones of him and his family. And Dallas followed Cuppy, their dog on Instagram. Oh, who kept the dog? I think Cassidy did. Mm, that's and weird. Then she started following the dog. That's weird. That's really weird. Yeah. 
so they did go on to break up sometime in 2018 so it was even it was short lived oh yeah but there was a lot of like rumours that like that had started before, before they broke up because it was just very very close and then weirdly Dallas went on to date Levi Homan in 2020-2021 your man from your one more SVP or something yeah that Cassidy did a duet with why is she following her <laughs> I don't know it's really weird that is weird <laughs> get out of my life <laughs> It's like you break up with your boyfriend, he gets a new girlfriend like straight away. It's all over Instagram, it's everywhere, it's in your face. And then next week she's with your boss or, you know, like it's just like one of your work colleagues. It's like, can you find new people that I don't know, please, <laughs> yeah, to involve yourself with? So on the album stages, there is a song called FYI. And the lyrics include, while he was flying you to Vegas and all our favorite places always running around with each other, he was saying that he missed me and damn girl, you look pretty. I don't think you'd like how he was looking at me. Mm. So was he still talking to Cassidy mm. at the time? Mm. Maybe. And other lyrics are, he was saying he was saying you were casually dating. We ran into each other maybe once or twice. Said if he kissed me that it wouldn't be cheating. You can run with it, do with it, whatever you like. It's just an FYI. But now everyone else writes her songs for her. So maybe that was just... <laughs> Well, this is the album that she wrote during the breakup. Um, the timeline. Yeah. Sounds like it. And this, she's not on a record label at this time. She self-releases this. Oh, yeah, so yeah. it is more like she's way more involved in this one. So in an interview with Taste of Country, <laughs> she discussed the song and said, that one was like, I'm putting it on the record. It's about an emotion I'm not super proud of. A lot of us have felt sort of spiteful. And I just felt if I don't go there, then I'm not telling the whole story and I'm not letting people in. Oh. Oh yeah, she's definitely just putting it out there, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. And then in another interview with Songwriter Universe, she admitted there were some people rubbing things in her face in a not kind way and she knew some things they'd probably have loved to learn. Oh. She said, people are going to understand what I went through from hearing these songs, which is the goal. You tell them, Cassidy. Go on. I just thought that was like very spicy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, I, I actually, I knew that song from before and I like that song. And it, like, it, the lyrics are spicy because it's just like, yeah, yeah, like your boyfriend said he was going to kiss me and he wouldn't be cheating on you. You can deal with that information, whatever you want. We've all been there, girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then when I found out the timeline and everything, and then the album was about the breakup and I was like, hmm, I wonder. So then yeah, I ended yeah. up like deep, deep, deep. Deep in those forms. I've, uh, do you know what? I thought I would find a lot more information on it. Because All Time Low have such a massive, like, hardcore fan base of, yeah. like, creepy girls. You I thought, thought there'd be yeah. a lot more conversation about it. And there's there's not. Probably because they didn't care who she was. Yeah. It's weird, though. So then, the other spicy drama, which is, is cool. Spicy <laughs> drama! We love it! In August of 2022, Brittany Aldian, the wife of country singer Jason Aldian, posted a video with the caption... I'd really like to thank my parents for not changing my gender when I went through my tomboy phase. I love this girly life. What? And her husband replied to this and said, LMAO, I'm glad they didn't too, because you and I wouldn't have worked out. I don't get it. Why? Why is she saying this? Just she's. I think they're very country and I think they're very conservative and whatever. So in response to those comments, Cassidy tweeted... You'd think celebs with beauty brands would see the positives in including LGBTQ plus people in their messaging. But instead, here we are hearing someone compare their tomboy phase to someone wanting to transition. Real nice. 
You go, Cassidy. I know. Like, she didn't need to be involved in this, but she was like, fuck it. And I think this does go back to kind of when she was saying that, like, the country world is so different and so conservative. Yeah. And she doesn't, like, align with that, basically. So then Marin Morris, who Cassidy had toured with previously, joined her. The girls tour? Yeah. Or the girls of next year or something? Yeah, Yeah. I don't know what it was called. The girls the world tour or something. So she joined her by tweeting... It's so easy to, like, not be a scumbag human. Sell your clip-ins and zip it, Insurrection Barbie. Sell your (laughs) clip-ins. Love it. Brittany responded to the criticism, saying, Advocating for the genital mutilation of children under the disguise of love and calling it gender-affirming care is one of the worst evils. I know. (laughs) Her comments are really upsetting. And then she added... The other day, Memphis, who's her son, wanted to be a dinosaur. And tomorrow, Navy, her daughter, will want to be a cat. They're children. I'm sorry, you called your daughter I Navy? Just you saying, have no opinion on Memphis anything. and Navy. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's more evil than... Okay, fine. Maybe not gentle mutilation, but like, you know. Yeah, yeah. So then Brittany and Marin's husbands chimed in. And like, obviously, Brittany's husband was on her, her side and Marin's husband yeah, was yeah. on her side. And they kind of got into it. And then Jonathan Van Ness got involved saying, love to see allies and to be clear, intersex kids, which make up at least 2% of all kids, face genital mutilation to enforce cisgender norms every day. While we are at it, trans young people under 18 almost never get surgical gender affirming surgeries. If they do, and it's a huge if, it happens with parental consent and loads of doctors, hormone blockers and hormone yeah, sorry. I'm I just copy and pasted this, so this is what it said. Hormone blockers and hormone blockers are reversible. Let's stop the transphobic nonsense. This is, everyone's getting involved. This is massive. Yeah. This whole thing just like and I think this is when we were talking about what was his name again from Shad. Shan? Shant. 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 It's just like <laughs> screams of like a lack of education or like stupidity or something, you know? Like yeah. and there's no point trying to explain to these people. Obviously, you don't just go off and get an eight-year-old, like, yeah. hey, I want a vagina now. And parents like, grand, let's yeah. go do it. Like, like my just... child rocks in here. She's like, actually, I want to be a boy. And I'm like, right, I'll call the doctor. I'll see when we yeah, get the surgery. Yeah, stick on an penis there. That's not how it <laughs> like, works. Stick on an penis. <laughs> like, it's such a massive, like, mental... It's years of hormones. It's years yeah. of, like, all this stuff. And, like, if there's good care, obviously, there's, like, the therapy side of it as well yeah. and like it, there's so much involved it's not like going to the supermarket and buying new genitals <laughs> and it's also not just that someone is like hey do you know what i want to be a girl like that's not what it is it's a huge massive like health crisis you know like yeah it's stupid she's just like belittling and undermining but i feel like so many people are so quick to get it like a gastric band or like get a brazilian butt lift because you know Kim Kardashian did it or whatever and they don't realize that they're having like major surgery that's going to impact their whole life yeah but nobody like says anything to them about it yeah yeah they're like yeah it's my life I'll do what I want but like when it's someone else's genitals suddenly that's like a problem also why is she like nobody cares what this woman thinks who is she yeah well I think who is she? I think she's like quite a big influencer that's the impression I got when I was reading these articles mm-hmm. and Cassidy's tweet said something about her having a beauty brand I think she's just famous for like her husband whatever no one cares about her opinion but anyway the plot thickens so a few days later britney released a new line of barbie core inspired shirts featuring the tagline don't tread on our kids 
It's because Marin called her Insurrection Barbie, so then she's like, oh, I'm releasing a Barbie-themed t-shirt. Saying, don't tread on our kids. So smart. So smart. And then, funnily enough, after nearly two decades of working together, Nashville's powerhouse public relations firm, The Green Room, dropped Britney's husband, Jason, as a client. Now, they didn't come out with a statement, and they didn't say... It was to do with that. But I just think after two decades of working together, this is when they decide to drop them. Seems interesting. (laughs) So Britney went on the Tucker Carlson show to defend her views. And on the show, Maren Morris was referred to as a lunatic country music person. So Maren released t-shirts with the words Maren Morris, lunatic country music person (laughs) and the phone number. And the number directs callers to Transline Life, a non-profit organization that offers Aww. emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis. That's amazing. She announced that she'd made 100 grand from the t-shirts less than 24 hours after their launch. And that was being donated both to Transline Life and GLAD's transgender media program. And that program aims to work with the media to fairly and accurately tell the stories of transgender lives. Amazing. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> you go, girl. Obviously with it being such a divisive issue, which obviously it shouldn't be, but with like it being so big and it being on like TV and like yeah. all the gossip magazines were talking about it. So Cassidy got loads and loads of backlash, you know, from the conservative people. And she defended her comments saying, if I see something that's being said that I feel is harmful to a community that I care about, I'll say anything. People will come to my page and call me things because I'm sticking up for a community that I care about. I don't want them at my shows anyway. I don't want them around me. Yeah. And I think fair fucking play. Yeah. Because she was the first person to kind of, well, not maybe not the first person, but like she was one of the bigger yeah, people to yeah. get involved first of all yeah. and stand up to your one. And I love the way your one jumped in then. Go on, Martin, whoever you are. Yeah. That's so cute. Very cool. Yeah. It's so nice to like have a nice story about a celebrity <laughs> instead of being like, and then they were racist. Yeah. <laughs> and then just another thing that I found, because I was trying to find controversy and like that story is the only thing you can find. Yeah. Because it was, it was massive and it was only like a couple of months ago. It's not that long ago. But I did see a Reddit user posted, like someone was like, hey, does anyone remember the band Hey Monday? And then someone commented it and said, so much punk rock guilt for this band. A lot of us in South Florida actively voiced our distaste for this band as they never really played local shows, like ever. They just kind of started a band and got signed. Then Cassidy became a country singer with the first wave of Taylor Swift and the teenage elitist in me was vindicated. I knew they were just in it for the money. That's harsh. Harsh, but like, I kind of see that side as well because they went from nothing to like being a big pop punk band and then that didn't work out. And then next thing, she's a country singer when Taylor Swift was getting big. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But also if she was quite young and someone came along and was like, hey, do you want to play a warp Tour? You're probably gonna be like, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I see where it come from, but also we probably all would have done it realistically. <laughs> probably. We still can. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. So obviously we didn't enjoy the music too much. And I feel terrible because my whole thing is like, I wanted to do a female band because there's so few female bands. And then I was glad that I could introduce that section into this and be like, listen to all of these female bands yeah. that are out there that we forget about. But then I'm like, now I have to talk shit about the music because I don't like it. I feel I, awful. I thought you were about to say, I feel terrible because I made you listen to this. It's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad at all, to be fair. And I learned a lot of new things because I knew absolutely nothing. And do I like her a bit more now? Yes. Yeah, I think she seems yeah. like a cool person. Mm-hmm. 
everybody in like the industry has really good things to say about her in like the pop punk industry like yeah the lads on the podcast and all where like she's such a lovely person yeah I think she does seem quite wholesome even like from the songs like FYI is kind of spicy but like let's be real it's not yeah, like yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's not like super spicy yeah yeah it's pretty wholesome yeah so what's your favorite song what's your song on repeat um it's probably a cop out but it's coma just because I liked that song beforehand and I mean realistically I just won't repeat the rest of them so yeah wasting all these tears I didn't think it was that bad FYI is my song on repeat I do like it yeah because it's just got that little bit of attitude to it and my song to skip it might be that California Dreaming song with her fella because it's it's pretty shocking I can't remember there was something about the moon you were and it was like featuring two other people and it was just one of these real cringy country yeah 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 the music we probably won't repeat too much no but fair fucks to you Cassidy Pope yeah and fair fucks for standing up for yeah women first of all not being on the tour yeah and then trans people now I feel really bad that the band that I picked doesn't have a female (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't tell you that was my thinking it's just yeah why don't you share these things with me (laughs) then I could have been like ah what a coincidence the band I picked is full of females go on tell me right so you know the way I just get like a band in my head and I just say I'm going to pick them and yeah oh god where are we going with this no we're not going so I don't know what you'd classify this band as right so I don't know if you could class them as emo really but I don't know what else you'd pick for them however I do think for all of us emo kids there is massive nostalgia attached to them I have no idea where this is going (laughs) I'm gonna do Linkin Park oh yeah I don't know what you call them. Like, what would you call? Uh, they were on my list of a band that I would do yeah, for this. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think they're emo. No, I wouldn't call them emo. But like, they're they were very much in the scene. Uh, yeah, like what started day. people off? I think that's gonna be a sad one. Yep, but a nostalgic one. I was gonna do it a couple of episodes ago, but we had just done a couple of sad episodes, and I was like, we need to take a break. This is just turning in the two emo podcast. <laughs> they have a lot of music. Oh, <laughs> yes. yeah, but I also feel like I know yeah. their music. They're not really a band where I like left them, you know. So I'm excited. I'm excited to listen to them. I was about to say something really mean. They're like, it's not like they can have any more new music. Wow, wow! <laughs> Spoiler alert for the next episode. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Okay, listen, guys. If you want to see more, if you want to see some clips from Bring Me the Horizon, if you want to see what we look like while we're filming this episode. Not great, we're tired. <laughs> for yourself. No, if you want to see the funniest parts of the podcast episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to see stupid memes I make on the bus to work, follow us on Instagram. We are Foundations of Emo. We're also on TikTok as Foundations of Emo. And we are on X slash Twitter as Foundations Emo, but we don't really post that much there. But we do share emo things. And I read all about all the fights that are going on in the world of emo. We get some juicy, juicy bits. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I report everything to Claire. That and I yeah, she says to me and I'm like, who are these people? What is this? What's going on? This week we learned Architects may not be the political band that we wish that they were. And we also learned that Craig Owens is apparently bad in many ways. But I thought we knew that though. He's always given me the ick, but I didn't know why. But apparently many bad things about Craig Owens. But I mean, that could be a whole episode in itself. So we won't go there. We'll save that for later. Follow us on social media and tune in for our next episode. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye.